0: Welcome to the Audible Ecstasy podcast. Each week, we sit around and discuss the music from our past. Sometimes we agree. I call it iconic. It's a ten. That riff is un- it's incredible. Clearly a ten. This is one of the most iconic songs of the '80s.
1: Um, iconic from start to finish.
0: And sometimes we disagree. The song sounds like something you might hear at your aunt's funeral. The
1: absolute worst lyric ever. With the juvenile flush on that one, <laughs> I'm not dealing with that. I'm not dealing with that Thank
0: you for listening and enjoy the show.
2: All right, we are back with another Audible Ecstasy podcast, and this week we're playing cards. We're visiting the legendary Kenny Rogers and his album, The Gambler. This is Anthony's pick. The final pick for country music month this year. Guys, y'all ready to do this?
1: Absolutely, Anthony. I know you got a I know you got tagged of week. wisdom. Here, Let's hear it. Uh we might be a foot without a sock, but at least we have the Audible Ecstasy Podcast. <laughs> that's good. I like that.
2: <laughs> I like it too, man. There's a line in one
1: of those songs he said we might be a foot without a sock. I think it's Tennessee Bottle. Yeah. And I was like, What yeah. uh that's a good way to put it, but I've never heard that before. <laughs>
2: that's a good one, man. The Beach Life. Oh, my God. All right, Chris, let's get this thing started with the first track. It's called The Gambler. They
3: held their eyes, so if you don't mind my saying, I can see you out of aces for a taste of your whiskey. I'll give you some advice. So I handed him my bottle, and he drank down my last swallow. sitting at the table There'll be time enough for counting when the dealing's done Every gambler knows that the
2: secret Alright guys, surviving. so Kenny opens this album up with a monster and I mean, what, what can be said about this song, it's absolutely timeless and if you ever listen to radio, whether it be country, pop, even rock at some point and you're close to our age, you've heard this song. Uh, I mean, heck, if you're above the age of probably five, you've heard this song. I don't even know, man.
1: <laughs> I was five when I heard it. I mean, seriously, yeah. I mean,
2: realistically, really, I was probably like four or five when I heard this song. But nonetheless, I mean, this has got to be his biggest hit, if not one of the biggest hits he's ever recorded. And I know Anthony might get a little deeper in something like that, but <clears throat> it's a classic country music. And I will say something that really caught me off guard. This is the first time that I've listened to this record or this album this song for that matter in headphones there's a whole lot going on in headphones that you don't hear on the radio the the background vocals are there that you can't hear it on your like on the speakers normally like in a car as you're driving because i couldn't hear it driving back and forth to work but i could hear it when i had my headphones on so it was kind of crazy like I, I didn't expect a mix like that from something From what was it 73 what year was this thing 70, I can't remember. 78? 70, I can't remember. 90, or yeah. So it was, I mean, it was a 70s mix. So this is pretty, pretty strong. Uh, nonetheless, it's probably one of the most iconic songs we've ever reviewed. I mean, it's absolutely a 10. I'd give it 11 if I could. <laughs> Chris, what'd you think about The Gambler?
0: Yeah, it is a pretty easy one to review, guys. I mean, it's as iconic as it gets. Uh, it kind of put Kenny, like, on. I don't want to say put him on the map because he might have had something bigger like before. I don't bigger is. before this. Like Cowden and Cowden, I think County. that's after this. Actually, no, was I think this. it was on the album. I think it was on the one before so. this. I could be wrong, but anyway, uh, this one is huge, and it kind of made him more of like a triple threat kind of guy, man. You know, he's like he's not just a a singer; he's an actor. I mean, he's, he kind of does a lot of different things. Um, Roast chicken, you know. <laughs> but Rogers uh, Roasters, man, the guy. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's he's more than just a a, a singer. And I think this song might be part of it. I mean, I don't, was there a movie spun off from this or yeah, some kind of three? Is yeah, there five well, okay, now. I'll let Anthony get into all that. But yeah, easy ten
1: guys. I mean, there's no question about this one. And,
0: and the hook is just wow. so catchy, man. It just draws you in, you know. All right, Anthony. What are your thoughts of the
2: gambler? There,
1: there's a lot on song factor this one. I'm going to try and condense it down a little bit, but uh, there's so much good stuff. I just wanted to get as much in as I could, but there's not a lot on the rest of the song. So I'm like, well, screw it. We'll just put it all here. Then uh, <laughs> I know. Uh, this said Don Schlitz wrote this song in August of 76 when he was 23. It took two years of shopping the song around Nashville before Bobby bear recorded on his album bear at the urging of shell Silverstein of all people shell Silverstein, the poet, Or urged Bobby Bear to put that on his album. Um, Bear's version didn't catch on and was never released as a single, but other musicians took notice and recorded the song in 78, including Johnny Cash, who put it on his album Gone Girl. So there's a version of Johnny Cash out there doing this song too, I'd like to hear. I haven't listened to that yet. Um, It was Kenny Rogers who finally broke the song loose in a version produced by Larry Butler. His rendition was a number one country hit and even made its way to the Hot 100 at a time when country songs rarely crossed over. This song had a huge impact on both Kenny and Don Schlitz, who wrote the song. Rogers had three number one country hits under his belt, but The Gambler gave him the title track to his biggest selling album. Schlitz was able to quit his day job, actually a night job, he worked the graveyard shift, and become a full-time songwriter. Some of his other songs include He Thinks He'll Keep Her, by Mary Chapin Carpenter and on the other hand by Randy Travis. So this Don guy who wrote The Gambler. Had a pretty cool, pretty big songs there so um, and this song spawned a franchise mostly with the 1980 TV movie Kenny Rogers as the Gambler where Rogers played the seasoned poker player Brady Hawks and Bruce Boxleitner starred as his apprentice. It was the highest rated TV film of the year. Rogers reprised the character in four more made-for-TV movies the last called Gambler 5, playing for keeps in 1994. There was also a popular The Gambler Slot Machine sold to casinos. That's kind of <laughs> That's funny. brilliant right there. <laughs> yeah. And before he recorded it himself, Kenny Rogers offered The Gambler to Willie Nelson, who turned it down. And Willie said, I was doing a song every night called Red-Headed Stranger, which has 100 verses in it, Nelson explained, the NBC's Jenna Bush. I just didn't want to do another long song, so he said, okay, I'll record it myself. So Kenny did. So best lot decision of, he ever did. Yeah. A lot of big name country stars yeah. had a hack at this song, and uh, and one of them even turned it down. So that's kind of crazy how big how big this song is, you know. So um, wow. And my notes are about like you guys said, man. That just it's just perfection. It's a ten from start to finish. I mean, everything works. It's one of our. We started out the last two episodes, two podcasts, with two of the biggest songs in country music history with Mount Music and The Gambler, for goodness sakes. Um, but, yeah, and that's all I got to say, really. It's a perfection. It's it's a killer tune. Kenny sounds great. Band sounds great. And I think my parents said this was my, uh, Kenny was my first concert, and I was like 10 years old the first time I saw him. So kind wow. Kenny's got a lot of, lot of good memories for me. I've got cassette tapes going back where me and my brother were actually singing this song on cassette tapes in these old recorders back in the day. We were little boys, so. <laughs> That's how that big out. Kenny was. Kenny and John Denver were, were big in, in my house when I was coming up. So,
2: there's sunshine on oh my.
1: W- One more thing
0: sure. on all that. Uh, this was this album came out in '78. Okay. And Coward of the County was on an album called Kenny from 1979. So I was. Right. oh it was
1: okay. <laughs> I keep getting those flipped around. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Coward of the Good County, man. There's some hardcore yeah. stuff in that song. I'm surprised well, listening to it to this day and age.
2: <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. All right, kids, let's roll this up to track number two. It's called I Wish I Could Hurt That Way Again.
3: I'd love to hear you tell me You don't need me anymore Just like you used to tell me every day I'd love to watch you leaving Like the hundred times before At least my eyes could see you walk away Oh, I wish that I could hurt that way again At least I had you every night So At least there was tomorrow And as long as there's tomorrow There's no end Oh, I wish that I could hurt that way
2: again All right, guys, so with I wish I could hurt that way again we're going complete polar opposites from the opening track to the second track of this album, so there's no, there's no lube. This thing just takes it right to you right off the bat. <laughs> I mean, this is uh, I, I do I dig that electric organ slash rototron thing going on the song. Yeah, well, I didn't say anything crazy, but you know what? It's funny though. You gotta laugh. Uh, anyway, said what I said. <laughs> <laughs> I said what I said. Lyrically, very powerful song, uh, but the placement is what really kind of ca- catches you off guard when listening to this album in full. Song is good in itself but it's nowhere near the greatness of its predecessor and that's what overshadows this song I think and causes it to score as low as it does. Still yet, I said it's a good song. I gave this one a 5 and that's where I'm standing on it. Chris, I wish I could hurt that way again.
0: Yeah, it's you know what? Kenny Kenny's a he's a crooner at, at heart. This is definitely oh, yeah, my a panties kind of were,
1: my panties were vibrating on that one, so. <laughs>
0: Sorry, Dad. Um, Sorry, Dad.
1: <laughs> yeah, you telling
0: us, Sorry, Dad. You're the one God. dropping all the blue. Here. Uh, yeah, man, it, it, it's it's a. You're right. It's tough to follow a song like The Gambler, but I actually, I mean, I appreciate the song for what it is, and it's a solid ballad. It, it really is. I think Ken, Kenny's vocals are, are really good, and, and you know, he's kind of got that. He he's got a knack for these reflect reflective, mournful kind of songs, you know, and I, and I feel like that's that's what we mm-hmm. got here. Uh, yeah, I think it's a solid tune. I gave it six and a half. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Anthony, what'd you think about 20, 20, it? Very
2: good, and great. I, dude, it, i get it. I just I think the song's good to me. That's yeah, it's far as I could go. It's in an right, odd Anthony. spot. T- t- talk to us, Anthony. Give us this the, give us your greatness on this one. I'm sure there's I don't a, tiny have history a lot of history of greatness on,
1: this on this one. Oh, I'm about where you guys are too. Um, okay. Wikipedia said that I wish that I could hurt that way again is a song written by Curly Putman, Rafa von Hoy, and Don Cook. And first recorded by Kenny, released in 78 on his album, The Gambler. I uh, said, all the Rogers did not release it as a single. The album included two number ones in the title cut and She Believes in Me. So not a lot there, but a little tiny bit. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, like I said, it's a solid ballot. Kenny's voice can sell about anything. I mean, nothing more to say other than that. It works for me, too. It's, it's a six. It's a very good. Um, You mm-hmm. know, I think there's some better ballots on here, definitely. Not the next one, yeah. but definitely some yeah. better ballads on here. So. There's
2: definitely some better ballads on here. I agree. I <laughs> yeah, agree.
1: six. I give it a six.
2: Fair enough. Let's go to track three. It's called The King of Oak Street.
3: God only knows He never meant to. Do her. A careless weekend on the like other side
1: see. of town. Can remove your excuses, Kenny. You?
3: Has torn the king of Oak Street's castle down. And all week long he's tried to phone her won't let him explain. Now Sunday morning finds him walking in the rain. He sits down all right, so
2: with the King of Oak Street, I do love how the there's a nice acoustic guitar opening and pedaled throughout this whole entire song. Um, I will say this, uh, Kenny has basically slowed the album down completely to a halt almost at this point because this is a this is a, I mean, it's a saddened song uh, based on mistakes that a guy made, I guess, uh, <laughs> chose poorly in the middle of a, probably a drunken stupor, I don't know. Um, But I I wrote down, this one's dedicated lyrically to a man that struggled throughout his life, uh, made bad choices, and I wonder if there's any truth to the lyrics, as we we all know that Kenny was a a pimp back in the day, (laughs) Uh, and I wonder, even though he didn't write this song, I wonder if he took this uh, song to heart, and uh, he's a crooner, like Chris said earlier, the man can sing his songs, his voice is absolutely fantastic. I like this song better than the than track two, believe it or not, but not by much. I, I gave it a six. I think this is a very good song. I just, um, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. It's just different. I do like it. I think it was the somebody used a chorus pedal with an acoustic guitar, which absolutely makes no sense for something in the '70s, but I'll take it. Six. Chris, go ahead and slam this one.
0: Chris's flush of the week. Yeah, I almost feel like he's trying to intentionally tank this album by putting this song here. I, <laughs> That's I, I, I mean, like, why another slow years. song uh, after a slow song yeah. to start? I mean, who puts this at the number three spot on an album? I, it's really his producer's fault, so whoever, whoever put this here is just, I don't know. It's slow. It was really hard for me to listen to it. Honestly, I I, I felt the urge to hit fast forward every time this song came on. I just, it's not good, man. I mean, it's it's fine. He sound his vocals sound good. Uh, Yeah, I I mean, I give it a four for me. It's a meh. I think he, I mean, he is a crooner. I think he's leaning a little too hard into that. But you know, I'm looking at this uh, track listing here. A fellow named Alex Harvey wrote this song, and he actually wrote the next two songs as well. And and if you know these these next three songs, there's nothing. None of them are similar to each other in any aspect. It's weird that this guy wrote all three of these songs. I wonder if he said, "Hey, you can t- you can have these other two, but you have to take King of Oak Street in order." I to I can't sell it anywhere day. else. <laughs> I wonder if that's what he was. Yeah, I, I got you. That makes sense. Makes nah, sense. It's, it's a math for me. Yeah. All right, Anthony, what do you think
2: about this uh, you, song?
1: That happens in movies all the time too, where a studio will re- regu- get an actor in and i will say, "Well, you can have this movie, but you got to do this one for us." So, I wonder maybe if. um, Maybe. uh, It's a favorite of Alex Harvey, I guess. Uh, You know, I gave it a five. I think it's good. Um, It's great. It's getting better the more I hear it. The problem is, if I hear it out of context, it's better. It's when it's in the context of this album that it loses me because it's just like you go from The Gambler to the next, which is a really solid ballad, the second song, then to this one. If this was like on the eighth or ninth spot, it'd probably be a six or a seven for me. It's just in this spot, it really just like, okay, you've already slowed it down, which I like a good slow ballad, but then you're like going even further down. I'm like, come on. Just, you know, but and I also don't really like the message in the song a lot either. It's just like trying to raise a strong, independent daughter. And the whole message is like, oh, well, come on home, honey. You screwed up. You're a man. I got food waiting for you in the kitchen. You know, that just, that sets women back 50 years in one line right there in my mind. And I just oh, want my daughter Lord. not to hear a song and think, well, I guess I got to kowtow to these men all the time. I guess this is the way it's supposed to be.
2: Keep so. her away from the winger.
1: <laughs> so anyways, yeah. that's another reason why it kind of bugged me so this week when I was listening to it. It's like, seriously? I told my wife about those lyrics, and she was like, oh, uh-uh. She said, oh, hell no. There's no way he'd be coming I, I, back home.
0: <laughs> I'm not sure I even... Uh, got to the point where the lyrics sunk in for me. It was just, like, slow. I don't know. I just, like, it, you know some songs, you just can't even yeah. absorb the lyrics, man. Listening just, to like, it oh, on it headphones,
1: man. That's that's how, you know. So yeah, our, like, Headphones, oh yeah. man. When I do these reviews, I always put some kind of headphones on, so I, I catch so much more stuff. So
2: Definitely, definitely. All right, let's go to track number four, Making Music for Money. Hit it, Chris.
1: school police
3: chase <laughs> i woke up this morning i was tired as i could be i guess i was counting my money when i should have been counting sheep my ancient he make it.
2: All right guys, making music for money. Song we're all familiar with, very familiar with. Uh, uh, right off the bat, I'd only heard the JB version or Jimmy Buffett version prior to hearing this. Uh, Kenny does a fine job singing the song, and I might have liked it more had I not known a Jimmy Buffett version existed. Uh, at least we got an upbeat tune finally after uh, two beat downs. um So <laughs> I uh, I will say I'm appreciative for that. Um, uh, the song it does take a few listens to actually get into it, being a Buffett fan prior to hearing this one, in my opinion. Uh, I think it's more of like the 70s funky beat versus the stylings of country Jimmy Buffett back in the A1A days. Um, I, that being said, I think the song is very good. I gave it a six. Chris, what do you think about making music for money?
0: Well, if Kenny's trying to, to garner some favor for the last turd, <laughs> uh, this is the way to do it, you know, cover a Jimmy Buffett song that we all love. Uh, man, off of A1A, no, no less, you know. I, I know, mean, dude. Like, oh, this you is the cool. way A1A starts. Is it like, I'm like, all right, all right, you, you're forgiven, Jimmy, or I mean, you're forgiven, Nick Kenny. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, I, I kind of feel like he makes this song his own. I mean, it's it's, it's does. a lot different from the, the the Jimmy version of this song, no harmonica,
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I exactly. make
0: and he kind of you know jazzes it up in his own way. He's got a lot of different instruments going on there. Uh, vocals are solid on it. Um, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I-, I gave it an eight. I think it's outstanding. Yeah. I mean, it's not it's not as good as Jimmy's version, but it's it's pretty good and and it's it's different. Excellent, so it's not like a, just like a, ca- a carbon copy, you know.
1: Jesus Christ,
0: the
2: high scores coming out now. All right, Anthony, what you think about making music for me? Uh,
1: well, Alex Harvey wrote this song. And it got me kind of curious who he was. So there wasn't much on the song on Wikipedia. There was something on him. And uh, he was born in rural western Tennessee near Brownsville in 1964. Graduated from Murray State uh, university, uh, University in Kentucky with a master's degree in music and education. He studied acting in Los Angeles. He performed and recorded as a musician throughout the 70s and 80s. It said Harvey's songs have been recorded by many other significant artists such as Alan Jackson, Cimarron, I don't know who the heck that is, Three Dog Night, Billy Ray Cyrus, Jimmy Buffett, Ann Murray, Edie Gourmet, Henry Mancini, Peggy Lee, and Sammy Davis Jr. Kenny Rogers alone has recorded 18 Alex Harvey songs. And it says two of Alex Harvey's greatest hits were Reuben James, recorded by Kenny Rogers, and Delta Dawn, recorded by Tanya Tucker. Helen Reddy and Betty Bette Miller. In 73, Alex Harvey's Delta Dawn was nominated for a Grammy in the category of Best Country Song. However, the Grammy was awarded to Kenny O'Dell for writing Charlie Rich's Behind Closed Doors to Make My Life Beautiful charted in the Netherlands in 1972. So the guy is a hit maker, man. He's had a lot of big tunes, and he died in uh, April 4th, 2020. So, anyways... It's not, nothing to do really with the song, but I, I'm always kind of curious why Buffett covered one of his songs, why Kenny did the same song, and I was like, who is this guy? That two big-name artists would actually pull his music. So in case anybody else was wondering, there's your answer. <laughs> if you're not, you still got your answer. Uh, Making Music for Money, I dig it, man. It's uh, upbeat, sassy. Kenny growling with the best of them. Band is on point. Um, I do like the way this one sounds. Of course, I'm digging Buffett's versions better because I've just heard it more. Miss the harmonica. If you can't get fingers on a song, you're always going to miss it. Rest in peace, fingers. Got a nice guitar solo, solid piano work, nice bass. What's not to like about it? I give it a seven. I think it's a great tune.
2: Fair enough. All right, well, let's go to track number five. It's called The Who Doin' of Miss Fanny Dewberry.
1: The shunk should have been third of the album.
3: Walk barefooted down a gravel road Singing in an unknown tongue One day I asked her papa Why she was crazy And the tears welled up in his eyes He said the devil's inside My poor baby She'll be crazy too. Said
2: all right, all right. So the Jew doing of Miss Fanny DeBerry. So right from the first listen, I was immediately hating this song because it feels completely <laughs> and utterly out of place, just like a Jew in an Ivy League school these days. However, the more I listen to this song, honestly, it has become a favorite. I, I don't know why. I love that guitar riff, the funky guitar tone, the fun tone going throughout the song and the slow development of Kenny Rogers being a pimp, I guess. I don't know, man. I think this song is excellent. I can't believe I'm saying this. I'm going to give this one an eight with the prerequisite that y- yeah, you got to listen to this song a bunch because it will absolutely grow on you. I don't know what it is. It's not country, but man, it's good. I love it. <laughs> All right, Chris, what did you think about the doing and Miss Fanny DeBerry?
0: Man, it's just straight seventies disco pimping throughout on this one, man. I mean, Good <laughs> that Lord. bass line, that <laughs> I'm sure Anthony loves. That. I know how much he likes bass guitar. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, it almost feels like you're watching like a cop drama back in the seventies or something. Listen to this, you know what I mean? Like that's that's yeah. the, the the feeling I get down based down in New Orleans or something, you know. Um, I think Kenny's really Showing his versatility On this And I, I like the fact That he branches out And goes so many Different directions On this album uh, Again I think That's where he's Kind of like Becoming more of a Mainstream figure he's not, he's not just A country music singer He's got so much Stuff going on mm-hmm. uh, I, I give it seven It's a great song
2: Good deal Anthony Who doing What do you think
1: uh, You know really Digging this one man It's funky It's upbeat It's, it's a jam From start to finish Great chorus Great harmonies Great beat Kenny nails the vocals I just love the vibe of it man i think it's a sleeper hit on the album for me um it should be higher this should a lot be a lot higher on this album it's number nine it's a nine for me it's excellent so oh yeah
2: dude i'll be honest with you it's i mean i argue this is my sleeper
1: this is fantastic this would have been a perfect song I, I, Buffett could have covered this song perfectly I think in concert I would have loved to hear the Coal Reefers Tear a version of this song oh my I wish God, he would have covered Jesus. this one because I I would think about him a lot when I heard this song like, it's kind of like in his wheelhouse you know especially really? early 80s but uh, it, yeah, you said you said it It'd during
0: awesome. the you said it during the song too but like bump this up to the third song and, and drop King Oak Street deep in the album somewhere that's, that would have been the or drop song. it all together because
1: I mean it's an yeah. 11 song sure. album you can still 11 get 10 songs. songs you're
2: right he could have gone five and five yeah Five on one side, five on the other. I agree. I agree. All right. Let's go to track number six, She Believes in Me.
3: It was all right. And I hold her tight. And she believes in me. Told her someday, if she was my girl, I could change the world with my little songs. I was wrong, but she has faith in me, and so I go on trying faithfully. And who knows, maybe on some special night. If my song is right, I will find a way, find a way while she lays waiting. I stumble to the kitchen. For All right, guys,
2: so she believes in me. This is the second song on the album that I actually knew prior to going into this record. And I mean, this is a classic. I mean, it's it's piano driven, lyrically extremely strong. And I will say that this may not be as iconic as or a perfection in this genre. I don't know. But I think this song is absolutely outstanding. And I gave it a nine. Chris, what would you think about She Believes in Me?
0: Yeah, I mean, going in, I knew I knew three songs. One just because of Jimmy Buffett. But there were two songs that I knew of, 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 yeah, of Kenny. And this was the other one. Uh, man, it's iconic. It, it's, it's a classic, uh, country ballad from the seventies. Uh, while, while his crooning efforts fell flat on the King of Oak streak, I mean, or Oak street, this, this is exactly what he does right here. This is, it's so much better here. And it's because of the chorus, man. I mean, that chorus has such a great hook in it. It just brings you in. The way that song swells, you know, it's just, it's a tremendous song. Um, uh, Easily, probably one of the biggest bouts of the seventies. I mean, honestly, for in my mind, it is. I don't think you can't give it a ten, man. I mean, this this is this is absolutely. Perfect. I gave it a nine, so yes, you yeah, can give it something else. Probably of wrong, 10. dude. And I'm pretty sure I know where Anthony's going. So yeah, whatever.
2: All right, <laughs> go ahead, Anthony. Round it out. Let's make it a twenty.
1: You know, I was on. I was on a little nine to ten myself initially. Really, really. Initially, Maybe I'm initially. Too much credit. I, oh. I pretty much is leaning towards ten. Don't get me wrong, but what eventually sold me was I read Wikipedia. She Believes Me became one of Kenny's biggest crossover hits in the late spring of 79, reaching number one on the Billboard Country Singles chart. She Believes Me also peaked at number five on the Billboard Hot 100 Pop Singles chart and number one on the Billboard Adult Contemporary chart. It was also a minor pop hit in the UK, reaching number 42. When I saw that, I was like, yeah, it's a 10. It's perfection, man. It's... It's a perfect ballad. This is the way a ballad is supposed to be done by Kenny Rogers, by anybody who sings a ballad like this. And uh, I put a note in here. I said, uh, I wonder how many babies were conceived during this song. <laughs> just think Lots. about it, man. How many babies came out because of this song? <laughs>
2: it's, it's it's really not a number you can calculate in your head. It's so mag- You hear that song there, you're like, man,
1: I just know it. I know it. That song's a... That's one of those songs you put on those playlists you know late at night lights down low you know <laughs> perfect song man sorry dad <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I forgot all about that oh my god
1: <laughs> yeah you may have
0: been now nah, you're already born by this point i guess no nah, i was yeah. 72 for me yeah. <laughs> 72 you were was, conceived
2: Anyone do <laughs> talk about. It? Good God, this has yeah. gotten dark. Let's go. Let's Get go. Get out of here. Track sorry, number Dad. seven. Your brother
0: please. was he born before seventy five? <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, look back God. at Kenny's older discography on that. I guess. Oh, oh, yeah.
2: Let's go to Tennessee bottle, please. God, Tennessee bottle, please. That's another
1: funk fest, man. I'm digging it.
3: Ten Commandments one by one Always wished that I'd had a son Just to teach him not to I lived in the valley and I hid in the hills I stole moonshine from illegal stills Folks said don't rile him cause he may kill But only if I got to All I want is Tennessee bottle so bright and All I can see is the Ozark Mountain sunrise 500 miles to have a life.
2: It's a Tennessee bottle. So it's another song that's rooted in some kind of funky rhythm. I do love this vocal style of Kenny Rogers on the song as well. Lyrically a great story. I mean, a killer story. I almost wish you'd gotten the end of the lyrics where he's talking about being a successful bank robber. That is that was awesome, man. I mean, it's like a great twist. And I guess his his love for being drunk and hitting on Arkansas women, I love that too. I mean, it's just funny stuff. Uh, just a great song, man. I, I think this song is absolutely excellent. I gave this one an eight. Chris, what do you think about Tennessee Bottle?
0: Yeah, Kenny's really spanning the genres here, man. Like, this has yeah. a bit of an outlaw country kind of feel to it. If anything, I think. Again, I mean, look at look at how many directions he goes on this. I mean, and I appreciate that, man. I, I like that he does that. It shows how versatile he is. Um, this one's another song with a really singable chorus, which always gets me. If I can sit there after two or three songs and or listens and start singing the chorus, I'm like, all right, I'm I'm hooked now, you know. Uh, just catchy, fun, upbeat song. Uh, instrumentally, there's a lot going on. Again, that bass guitar is very prominent. Uh, yeah, there's a lot going on. Kind of has a bit of a disco vibe to it, I guess. I don't know, <laughs> but right. uh, I also gave it Nate Yeah, fantastic. Song. All right, Anthony, Tennessee Bottle.
1: Yeah, it's another funky jam. It's just a funk fest like the hoodoo of Miss Fanny DeBerry. And it's, it's another jam. It's another star in this album in my mind. It's probably my second sleeper hit on this album. I was singing this song coming into this podcast this morning. Uh, you know, everything works, man. It's a uh, killer. It's got some awesome guitar and bass thumps in it, too. Yeah. I gave it a nine. I think it's outstanding. I do. Um, I can't argue that, honestly. It's an outstanding man. I don't know why this one. This one should have been a hit. <laughs> should have been on the radio, man. It's just such yeah, a good song. You know. yeah. I, I, I forgot to say are, it, but I, I had that as my uh, sleeper as well. It's, dude, it's a
2: killer. I, I think there's killer two
1: sleepers song. on here, and that's this one and the other one before. man. I, I didn't expect to get that out of Kenny Rogers. I was expecting Not, some crooning and some dude. gambler-esque kind of stuff, but I didn't expect. I mean,
2: I joked game, about man. who doing, that was the biggest <laughs> shock I'd ever heard in my life. I didn't know which way this was going. I but was he like, sounds this good. is garbage. And I was like, oh my God, this song is awesome. The more I listen to it. So, but yeah, like Chris I mean, said, I, absolutely I, like, right.
1: I like the fact he's going out of his box like that. because oh, yeah, it, it shows God, how good a vocalist he is. He can, play, he can sing anything and sound good.
2: I don't know if this was out of his box. That's the thing. I think he may have had all those boxes at once because he obviously became a pop star. I yeah, mean, come on. Let's face it. Jeez, yeah, no doubt, right? All right, well, let's move this forward. To track eight, it's called Sleep Tight, Good Night, Man.
3: The Sandman told me he's done all he can. The situation calls for more than sand. You've been crying all night long. Tossing and turning, and it's almost dawn. I am here, I'm gonna help you sleep. Count on me instead of counting sheep. Close your eyes and leave the rest to me. And you'll have the sweet dreams that will last all night. Sleep
2: back. Good night, man. Oh man. Alright. Here we go. So <laughs> the opening riff immediately reminds me of Delaney Talks of Statues by Jimmy Buffett. If you guys listen to this song and that song back to back, you're gonna see that Jimmy Buffett has taken some chord structure from this from the, and vocal structure from this this song and it's amazing um, I, I'm starting to think that Kenny Rogers may have actually influenced Jimmy Buffett at some point in Buffett's career because there's a couple of Buffett n- nuances throughout this album um, I mean, and even some of the lyrics carry over in a Buffett song, I mean it's a song that grew on me uh, and it's only because of the Buffett nostalgia for me uh, and I will say the song, I gave it a seven, I think it's great, and the my, the, the song, if you guys think about it, you guys know the song, but when he's doing Father, Daughter, Down by the Water, you can sing that over these this chords in here, I'm like, oh my god, it's great. I gave it a seven. Chris, what did you think about Sleep Tight?
0: Uh, I also saw the old school Buffett feel on this one, is kind of what I said, Uh it, it does have that that vibe to it. Actually, some several songs I kind of get that from. I don't want to just say it all the time, but like even well, on the sure. previous song, they're, they're, the way he delivers his lyrics sometimes kind of feels like Buffett, or maybe B- Buffett is influenced by him. One of the two, I don't know. Uh, yeah, this one's okay, man. It's a nice wholesome song, something you'd sing your kid to get him to sleep. Uh, I it didn't man. move the much for me. I gave it a six. I think it's a very good song. Okay, not much. All right, money. Anthony. Sleep tight,
2: good night, it, night, man. It's.
1: Is this song about a kid or about a girl?
2: I I think I it's probably about a girl. I don't know if it's about a kid, but I, I, I don't know. It's a,
1: I keep thinking it's like he's you know uh, he knows how to help her sleep. You know what I mean? Wink, wink. <laughs> you know what I mean? That kind of thing. No, you're,
0: you're, we're gonna have to put the explicit tag with all the <laughs> comments and things. You know, tonight. I, right?
1: I've been trying to figure out. <laughs> This song and the next song, this song song and the next song, I've been trying to figure out all the last few weeks, Melissa, what the hell they're about is a sleep tight, good night man about a girl, about a woman who can't sleep. So Kenny comes in there dropping panties like he's dropping dimes and gives her what he needs to get her to sleep. (laughs) Or, or, or is he going in there to help his kid fall asleep? I can't figure that out on this song. That's what I'm trying to figure out. You know what I'm saying? I can't figure it out. <laughs> That's what I can't because there's like a touch of the hand. I'll give you something to help you sleep better. Oh, you know what'll help her sleep better? Sorry, Dad. Um, You know what I mean? <laughs> your
0: dad,
2: your dad's done turned this off by now.
1: Yeah, he's like, man,
2: no, I so made it the comments, So yeah. In
1: honest, in honest to goodness, though, and <laughs> I, I can't figure out what what this song is about. But it's about trying to help a woman fall asleep by snuggling with her. Doing a little stuff, or if it's about your kid can't sleep and going in. I really can't, truly cannot figure out what this one's about. At times, I think it's either way. So I do not know if you guys had any insight, but.
2: I do not. But now that you have. I, kind of feel, I felt like it was a wholesome song.
1: Uh, <laughs> I mean, to I to have a whole like little boy to
0: go to bed at night kind of thing, is what I, I thought. I mean, I had but, a line here know. that said
1: dropping panties like dimes, but, uh, you know, I didn't want to, like I said a minute ago. So I was like, should I be saying that? He's God. talking about. I was like, what the <laughs> <laughs> nonetheless, it's still a great tune. It's a seven for me. I really do like the song, right. but I just don't know. It's like this song and the next song confused me because I don't know what the meaning was behind him, what he was going for in either one of these songs. I got a pretty There's,
2: good idea on the next one we, we I, I I know what happened on the next one as well yeah. so
1: next one's a weird song, so
2: get into yes, it. yes, all right, track number nine, kids, a little more like me
3: night, and I was right, been out on the town, the show was at the palace, so we all went on down, we all had a ball, as I recall, but now it seems absurd, as the madness raged upon the stage. He didn't say a word. He was a little weird. And we all feared he wasn't one of us. He didn't drink. He didn't smoke. And he didn't even cuss. You'd see him now and then with a bunch of men hanging around the sea. And I'm sure I was.
2: All right, kids. A little more like me. Kenny has literally gone all across the board now. This song has an incredible acoustic opening, a little bit faster pace than some of the the, the slower songs on this album. Obviously, um, digging deep into the lyrics and the title, the subtitle gives it away. This is a song about Jesus Christ. Yeah, and this is it's just a, it's from the perception of a guy who just happens to be. There at the beating of Christ in his final hours of his life. That's what April. I kind of figured, too. And it is, when I figured that out, I was like, geez, I took the song a whole lot different. And I found out that, um, man, it changed my view of this song completely. Um, I know that Kenny leaned toward gospel later in his career as he got in the later 80s. Um, this might have been the the movement toward that direction. Didn't even think about it for the remainder of this album. I thought, well, wow, I think this song is a shocker. I gave it a seven and a half. I think it's somewhere between great and excellent, and that's where I stand. Chris, what would you think about A Little More Like Me?
0: Yeah, Kenny, man. How many directions can a guy go in on I, an album? He, he goes gospel now. I, I'll be honest. When I first listened to this, the first couple of times, I was like, is he talking about a gay guy? Because that's, I mean, that's what I thought. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, no, wait a second. And then I heard that line about how the one that captured there about hanging out with because I heard hanging out with a bunch of men, but then he said down at the sea, and I was like, wait a second. See, no, and then I saw the, the 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 crucifixion part of the. I was like, nah, he's talking about Jesus. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> but, but I wonder here, if that's man, what you were thinking, Anthony, when you when you heard that part of it and thought, you know, I was being that because at first I was I was like, okay, he's talking about a guy who um they were drunk with a bunch of men dude i mean yeah looked down on because he was gay and like he wasn't like me kind of thing you know It's a lot to think about in this song but then once you actually put it together it totally changes the meaning on it uh yeah this is an interesting tune man i mean as far as the song goes pretty good chorus uh instrumentally solid tune i kind of like the instruments are using that i gave it a seven yeah
2: okay anthony a little more like me
1: I actually gave this one a five, guys. I think it's a good tune. Uh, I just don't like it. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't hate the message behind it. I just don't like the way it sounds. It sounds really weird. It sounds really strange. It's like the <laughs> song is in the wrong kind of tone to tell this kind of story. You know what I mean? It's got this kind of peppy, little upbeat sort of what do you call it? Like Jack in a box sound to it. You know, and to me, it's it doesn't jive with what his message is. Probably, this one probably needs to be more ballady or more acoustic or something where is singing, like crooning a little more, you know. It, to me, it's too peppy for what they're trying to convey, and that's why I couldn't figure it out, I think, through this week until I finally sat down and thought about it. I like the idea behind the song. I like what he's talking about, having an outsider's perspective of the night Jesus was led to to what he went through, unfortunately, you know, and that sort of stuff. Um, but I, the song just didn't jive with me because I just didn't like. It's it's it doesn't work. <laughs> well, but, I
2: think there is a veiled message here because it it's he never mentions a name, he never mentions anything, and unless you knew the story, you would not know that. If you were a non-Christian, you would not know what he's talking about. You'd have no idea. Yeah, I mean, end, yeah, you know?
1: and I I think it, it may be a subtle way to get it into the. To the zeitgeist of the of people, because you hear it kind of upbeat, so you listen to it more. You know, If it was a little more somber. You may not realize, right. oh, this is a Christian song. I'm out. But if it's peppy, maybe that's what they were going for. Is like, maybe hey, we can slide did, did, this one in. You know, a little bit. If it was a little more peppy, or so. I don't know.
0: Did you until you guys realized what this was about? Did you think maybe it was more about like the what I thought at the first the the, the gay I, guy? I, kind I, of thing I knew something. what
2: it was as soon as I got Just, to the end of the song because of the, the name. Said, yeah, because yeah, it says the crucifixion. crucifixion yeah. When I heard it all in play, I was like, and I was, you know, on Apple Music, you can watch the lyrics as it goes through your phone or your iPad or whatever you are using. And I was reading the lyrics, I was going like, I was like, this is the story. Because as I was reading along, I was like, I think this is the story of Jesus Christ. And then I was like, and of course, get to the very end, I am like, this is the story of Jesus Christ. This final night. So yeah, initially, I, mean, I just crazy. thought it
1: was like like a guy going out and getting drunk, and then something happened around, and we we see. I the way I, I consume
0: this is 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 when I am commuting to work and back. So it the way my my uh the screen uh, car, right it's green, it doesn't show the whole title so i never saw the crucifixion so i thought it was a little <laughs> more like know. or something like that it was all that was popping up so i never really saw that and i was just letting it play and and like so i all i really got was like a lot of times i don't even really know what the the titles of these songs are until i get down and start doing my review and listening to headphones you know what i mean so yeah. that was like it took me a, a few listens before i even realized that's what that was about but then it got to that, that one line about, I don't know, <laughs> I was going a whole different direction at first.
2: Yeah, about the fact they'd never said a word in front of the crowd and he kept taking the uh, beatings. Yeah, dude. That's cra- yeah. I mean, it's crazy. It's just I didn't expect anything like this on this album at all. At I, but all. But that's
0: what I was thinking. Like, it might have been a bunch of guys beating up somebody because he was gay or something. That, that, I don't know why. Because I, 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 I heard the line dude. with hanging out with a bunch of men and like yeah. not, he's not like us. And I was just like, yeah. Dude, I can see it's that What's this is about exactly I don't know it was weird yeah.
2: definitely odd alright well let's go to track number 10 it's called San Francisco Mabel Joy
3: just the night before she left sleeping and left that way cross country boy dreams of Georgia Cotton and a California wife Sunday Turn 21, in a gray road prison,
2: the all right, guys, so San Francisco, Mabel Joy, another piano intro song is yet another story that could arguably be an outlaw country song, a little bit slow for outlaw country, but I mean, it's a journey of a man. Sounds like he finds a girl he loves all the way across the country and comes to find out she's already taken takes offense to it when he finds that out and must have killed the man because he wakes up in jail. I mean, this <laughs> is crazy. Country song. Pure country. <laughs> Although the song is not, you know, outstanding by no means. Um, I do like uh, the song's message, so to speak. It's kind of, it does ring pure outlaw country in my mind. I think it's very good. Then I thought, you know what? The more I listen to it, the more I'm like, you know what, this is actually better than that. I think it's a great song. So I gave this one a seven. Uh, Chris, what'd you think about San Francisco Maple Joy?
0: Yeah, it's, it's an interesting song for me. Um, it feels a lot like The Gambler slowed down a little bit. Uh, they kind of have the same wow. song, chord progression and the same kind of, yeah. musically, it sounds like that. Uh, it's a pretty solid song on the back half of the album. I, I'll tell you, I've got a pet peeve, and this song falls into it. Uh, I don't like it when a song doesn't have a discernible chorus. Uh-huh. and this song just kind of rambles and it never really yeah, gives you a yeah. chorus. It's hard for me to know when to pull a clip. You know, that that's like when I'm when I'm okay, so here's a little little look behind the curtain with the way I process <laughs> this music when I when I listen to it. I'll if I don't really if it's not a song that really grabs my attention, I'll just take the beginning of the song and get to the chorus and fade it out 10 seconds, right? That's what I do. I couldn't find the chorus in this. I never knew when the chorus hit. And I'm just like, geez, what do I do with this song? You know, uh, I mean, that's that's kind of how I do. And, you know, if it's too long, then I'll have to clip the first whatever, however many seconds I'd have to off of it. But that's a problem for me. And and to oh, me, yeah. it feels like it just rambles when it does that. And he's not the only guy that does that. There's a lot of artists that do that. I give it a five. It's good. But I don't like not having wow. a discernible chorus on a song. Wow. OK.
2: All right, Anthony, what do you think about San Francisco Maple Joy?
1: Uh, you know, it's another solid country tune. Amazing vocals by Kenny, of course. I like it and the story it tells. Nothing more to say than that. I think it's a seven. Great tune. Okay. At least we're He's a good storyteller. I'll give him that. that. It is, is a storyteller, storyteller song. Did. It's yeah. a story. Yeah, for sure.
2: For sure. All right. Let's go to the final track on this album. It's called Morgana, Morgana Jones.
1: Thank you, I Yeah.
2: Guys, so Morgana Jones is the only song Kenny Rogers wrote on this entire album. Something, something to think about. Um, and I will say, as I listen to this song many times in the past few weeks, you're right. Uh, the only thing that comes to my mind when I hear this song is Desperation Samba by Jimmy Buffett. Well, I swear to Christ, samba, no. I, I don't even know what else to say. I, I can absolutely hear the Kenny Rogers inspiration. and... And 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 in JB's later, I guess late uh, early '80s, all the way through his '90s, it's weird. It's it's kind of crazy. I hear these songs. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Maybe Buffett must have been a either a friend of Kenny Rogers or a, a fan of Kenny Rogers. I, I mean, can see
1: him and Jim, I can see Kenny and him hanging out together. Well,
2: I think Kenny liked the beach life too. I mean, he apparently had multiple houses across the country. You know, he had like a monster mansion down in Atlanta or outside of Atlanta, and then something down in Florida. I mean, y- you know what? All I can say is I enjoyed it. This song grew on me as we listened to it over the past couple of weeks. Uh, the album's been a crazy listen from first track to last. I enjoyed the song so much. I would almost consider this one a sleeper as well. I think it's an excellent tune, excellent way to close the record. I gave it an 8. Chris, what do you think about Morgana Jones?
0: I think it's a fantastic way to close this album. I really didn't expect Kenny to sing a song like this, to be honest with you. Talking about like a prostitute and yeah. got the wind up finding out her da- his dad's gone to the same woman and just like, man, it's like some turns in this song. I'll tell you what, man. I mean, that said, yeah. it's fun. It's upbeat. Uh, it's got a great chorus. Man, that chorus just sticks in your head immediately, you know? Like, it's fantastic. Uh, it's funny. That's the only song he wrote on this <laughs>
1: says a lot about him,
0: doesn't it? <laughs> it says a lot about him. Uh, I also gave it an 8. It's an outstanding way. And you know what, I, uh, to close the eye, man, you know, I I, was, I saw something on the Wikipedia page here. I I, Anthony, I apologize if you already no, getting ready not. to say this. But, uh, man, apparently this song was re... It was absorbed by Liberty Records and re-released, and they took this song off of that re-release. What? I think it's because of the subject matter?
1: Probably. Ridiculous. What?
0: I mean, come on. This is one of the best songs on this album, I think. Yeah, oh well, it's, it's, I it's, a, it's a that. solid, solid song. A great way to close it. I'd much rather close it with this than that San Francisco Mabel Joy. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. Re- regardless, I gave it an 8, Outstanding way to close Fair it. Fair enough. Anthony Morgana Jones.
1: Yeah, it's back to that Kenny Rogers funk, man. I'm digging it. Uh, nasty bass line sprinkled throughout is great. Peppy upbeat. It's, I said it's funkadelic. Kenny sounds great. Band is on point uh you know there's even some scatting in the middle of it you know is that scatting in the middle of it? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes i did I like, my <laughs> lord what in the world i give it a nine i think it's an outstanding tune man Damn. i love I this i can't thing. argue it man i was listening i
2: really could too honestly it's
1: it's fantastic yeah. ending it's like you can't really pick up the scatting until you get the headphones on when i get the headphones on i like okay that's not an instrument that's somebody's voice right there i was like that's yeah. crazy yeah. He's just throwing
2: That's everything good stuff, in this man. album, man. <laughs> good stuff, good stuff. All right, guys, so I'm going to run in some final thoughts of the record. Uh, first of all, Anthony, although initially I thought this pick was not going to be great, it turned out to be a fantastic listen. A couple a couple low low hits for me on this one, but nonetheless, I mean, like I even noted, some of these scores may seem low, but upon listen, I mean, man, this song actually grew on me, or this album grew on me a lot. Um well, the more and more I listen to it, I love the lyrical journey that Kenny takes on this, although he didn't write the majority of the songs, any of them except for the, you know, the final track. He owns these songs vocally. I mean, it's something that cannot be denied. This album is absolutely very solid. I mean, this is exactly how we should be closing out Country Music Month for this year. My overall came to be a 7.4, and I think that's a perfect setting for this album. I think you know it's somewhere between great and excellent, and that's that is I couldn't have asked for a better better score to be honest with you guys, Chris. What was your final thoughts on this record?
0: Yeah, it's a good pick, Anthony. I agree with with Jimmy. When I first started listening, I thought, oh man, once we go slow and then slower, I'm just like, what is he doing here with this? Yeah. So, uh, it did take me a second to get into it just because of that. But like after the third song, this thing picks up steam, and I and I think it's pretty solid all the way through. Yeah, uh, Kenny wears a lot of hats, and it, it's crazy all the directions he goes. I mean, we got Crooner, we got uh, Outlaw Country, we got Disco, we got Gospel at one point, and then that last song, I don't even know what you call that, but I mean, it's like... <laughs> we, we go a lot of directions, and I, I think it's great that he does that. I mean, he's kind of a international man of mystery, you know? He kind of reminds you of that guy... Jack that, of all trades, those, my friend. On those Dos Equis commercials, you know? <laughs> it kind of that, is, me that, that was Kenny Rogers, wasn't it? <laughs> it might have been... <laughs> But yeah, it's 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 storyteller. I mean the guy's a great storyteller too. It, it, so many directions this guy goes. Um I think it's a great album. I you know, I don't have much more to say than that. Uh, only sl- only flaw I'd have dropped King Oak Street. I think it'd have been a little better album, but beyond that, eh, whatever. Uh seven three for me. Pretty similar to
1: your score, James. Yeah, very
0: similar. One
2: All tenth right. of a point off. Anthony, wrap this thing up. Final thoughts on
1: it. Yeah, I'm glad we dove into it too, because when it cooks, it cooks; when it sizzles, it sizzles; and when it fizzles, it fizzles. That's exactly what I wrote in my notes. valid. <laughs> you yeah. You're absolutely valid. <laughs> uh, but I can recommend. I can recommend this when anybody listens to us. Anybody who likes some good country music. It's a solid album, from start to finish. You know, when I when I initially threw out this, I heard like the Gambler playing on a playlist or something. I was like, I, I didn't ever even heard the album before when I decided to tell you guys we should dive into that album. And then I turned it on. It's like, oh crap. Song two, song three. I was like, oh, man, did I picked the wrong one? But then after song three, I was like, well, damn, this is really good.
2: <laughs> Anthony, before you go further, that cannot be understated. I mean, that's just the understatement of this album, because I felt the same. Chris said the same thing. You mm-hmm. get to track two and track three, you're like, oh, God, this is going to be a turd. But this yeah. one grows. It grows. And it's honestly, it's one of those ones I'm glad. I'm so happy we did this, because if I'd listened to this one time, I'd be like, this sucks. I ain't going back. But yeah. because we do this and we listen to it over and over again, I'm like, God, Jesus
1: Christ. What pick, yeah, I what think pick. this was a better pick than George Jones, to tell you the truth. I, I, the well, George yeah, album is really good. <laughs> I've listened to it. What's that, Jimmy? I was
2: like, get carried away. No, <laughs> I'm saying he George is. is a
1: legend. I, yeah, he is. But I think this album it would play better for us. I, I do. Yeah, maybe, it plays maybe better maybe for so. me. Um, but there anyways, wouldn't be yeah. no
0: versatility, I'm guessing, on that other album. It'd all be straight old school country. Well, this is, it's very it, versatile. it this has got versatility
1: right. all through. But what I remember from the George Jones album, it was like it was ballads or upbeat. It wasn't really a lot of funk and all ballads. And
2: you ain't going to get it on George Jones. You're going to get country. I'm not. No, no disco. D- <laughs> I think George
1: Jones is great, man. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying I think this one plays better for us. Um, my final score is a 7.6. So it's Good between, Lord. We're all on the same page. Yeah. I think because we all had some fives, we all had some tens, we all had some nines, you know. Yeah, we all were Absolutely. Pretty similar on our scores, just in different songs. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. All right.
2: Well, that's fantastic. All right. So, I guess uh, we've got a pick. Um, Chris, throw out the surprise. And in this corner, weighing in at 165 pounds, it's the blues rock guru, the master of podcast production. And the man who cannot stop the battery—it's Chris's
3: pick.
0: All right, guys. I got two. I mentioned before the podcast off air. I've got two options here. Um, so the first option. Let's let's take this. We need to take this thing back to metal, guys, because. that's what we were built on, right? And we've been doing a lot of country and everything. And you know, once that month's thing. over, uh, we need to go back to metal. I think. And one of the greatest uh, masterpiece albums of all time is from nineteen eighty seven. Uh, highly regarded, highly awarded album. Uh, one of the most. Some might, some might call it thrash metal. You know. Oh my
3: god.
0: The album is called "The Crest of a Knave." The band is Jethro Tull. What do y'all think? <laughs> this is the album that beat metallica I, i've been wanting to review this for a while okay It'd be fine. so i'm gonna just be honest with you i gave a brief listen this morning it's not great i'm just gonna be honest <laughs> so i don't know but but there is a historical reference to this album right i mean there, is. Is. there and, is and it's, it's, I, I was just thinking you know what we've we've bashed toll over the years because of this nonsense should we give it a listen and see what it really sounds like i'm not I'm okay not that's it's, okay I, I'm, so I'm, that's, not,
2: I'm not against that. I'm not against it, okay? <laughs> that's,
0: that? that's number one. Okay, and if no, i tell you what. Let's off air, okay, for the fans, we may review this. We may not. It just depends on how bad it sounds to everybody's ears. I don't want to make everybody listen to this and be like, yeah, this is terrible. And then we got to sit here and listen to it forever and try to review the thing. Uh, an album that I can't believe we've not reviewed yet, uh, Bon Jovi, Slippery When Wet, we should probably do that.
2: We did review that, didn't
0: we? We did no, New Jersey. We did, we, we've oh, we did New, New Jersey. Oh, my God. Yeah. Did we
1: compare we compared New Jersey? With might have
0: been there. a comp- compare, but that's not yeah, enough. I mean, we, we should go back and, like, actually give this I one a like real listen. Anyway. Since we're getting near Christmas, we need maybe well, a slam dunk. So it's kind of easy to review. So, that would
1: be mean, there. I we, mean, did we try for the 17th? Because I can't really go after the 17th. That's my last really good time for December.
2: Well, if we're going to do the seventeenth, and I say we can go ahead and settle this with Bon Jovi, because I'm going, gonna I'll need some time to do Jeff. T- I've never even listened to that Jethro Tull album. All joking aside, I would. Mm-hmm. I actually like that idea. I really do because I mean, I feel like we should
0: listen to that at some why, point because
2: if it beat, I mean, it beat Metallica.
0: It beat Metallica. <laughs> which, which, when you listen to this, you're gonna be like, "This beat Metallica." See, well,
2: I th- Chris, I, I don't think it would have been '87 though. It would have been '89, right? Because that's well, when that's album. when Justice came out.
0: The album that beat it was came out in '87, so I don't know what the deal what? is with Jesus that. Maybe, Christ. yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It do says
1: '87. Why don't we do this so we don't run long today? Bon Jovi, Slippery and Wet on the 17th. We take a break, come back at the start of January with our best of, then dive into Jethro Toll after that. We could do that, and that gives us Jethro Toll to listen throughout and make our final opinion. Which I would no, like to that too. I won't be listening to it. It's very
0: throughout. It, it it's very possible you guys are gonna listen to this one time and be like, Yeah, I don't wanna do that. <laughs> and that's
1: fine if that's So let's let's do it that way. Slippery and wet on the seventeenth, best of in January, and then maybe the Jethro toll after once we give it a few listens. Sounds good. Yeah, that'll work. That, that sound good. Because yep. like I said, twenty fourth I've got went. family, thirty first I'll be out of town. You know, then it's New Year's, so it's getting crazy. <laughs> But Slippery and Wet would be fun. I would like to dive into that. It's a fun album. Back when bon I can't Jimmy believe we never it. actually reviewed that. I think we did a comparison, but I can't really remember
0: if we did or not on that we
1: one. We did like New Jersey versus somebody way back uh, New then.
0: New Jersey, we did the whole album. album. That wasn't a comparison. Yeah.
1: Maybe it was Slippery and Wet compared with something else. Maybe that's what we did.
0: Maybe. I don't know. I don't know.
1: Anyways. Anyway.
0: All
1: right. Sounds good. All right. All right. Anthony, what do you
2: got going on thing this week?
1: Me, yeah, I'm trying to get out I got another duet kind of thing. I'm doing duet and cover this week. Uh Sailboat for sale that Jimmy did with Toby Keith. And then uh jab into Jimmy's song California Dreamin', trying to get out equal strength on all parts, and then hopefully a Christmas episode too. So I got about three things that gonna hopefully drop before the end of the year. So be looking for all those. All right.
2: Fantastic. And and for the fans who've made this far. It was a slippery when wet versus open up and say ah back in October of 2020. And that was it. quite
0: the episode. So it uh, was three years ago. So it's, it's easy it, to it, forget in that. The,
2: I'm sure the audio is absolute garbage. Uh, garbage <laughs> compared <laughs> to what it is nowadays. So Guarantee go it. back and listen at your own risk. Oh my God. October of 2020. Holy smokes. Crazy. Isn't it? All right. Wow. Well, let's wrap this thing up, guys, for the Audible Ecstasy podcast. This is Jimmy.
1: This is Chris. And this is Anthony.
3: Every gambler knows that the secret to surviving...